Okay, perfect. Uh, basically, before telling the, my story, uh, well, I will tell you about myself, I will tell people about myself, and then I will tell you a little story that uh, is true, that happened to me while I was working, and uh, the learning from that uh, is very interesting, and people should think about it. So basically, I am a computer engineer. I live in, in Uruguay, South America. Um, I was graduated in 2003, uh, and I have been working in the info security field since then, so almost 20 years of experience in computer forensics, ethical hacking, uh, consulting, and well, in three years ago, I quit my full-time job, which was very good pay, as a professional in information security for the largest company in the country, but I was feeling, I, was, I wasn't happy, I was feeling so frustrated, and I thought to myself, I am not going to spend the rest of my life here just waiting to retire. Uh, no, no, I, I had to take a different path. So I quit the job and most of the people in my, that surround me thought that I was like crazy. Well, why did you quit that job that, I mean, I was, as I said, paid very well. Uh, many people would, would have killed for that job, but no, I wasn't happy. So I, I started uh, investigating, researching about uh, cryptocurrencies and basically blockchain technology, which for me at that point was something that I, I, have, I had no doubt were going to change the world. So I just quit my job and started focusing on cryptocurrencies, blockchain and security. And basically security and cryptocurrencies are uh, are two things that they match together in a, in a perfect way. So I've been working on that since then, and I am still doing that. Uh, a few days ago, I got uh, an email from a security organization, very famous in the world, and they told me that a paper that I submitted uh, last year was uh, selected, and I will be talking in the Netherlands in April uh, about many things, but actually the title of, of, the, of my talk will be uh, that there is no crime as great as daring to excel, which is a quote from, I, I don't remember if it was from, uh, um, I don't remember the quote from, from what person was, but I, I love that quote, and that will be my talk about there's no crime as excellent as daring to excel. Uh, and well, I will, I had, during my career, I worked in many companies, uh, for the government, uh, private companies, companies outside Uruguay. And my first job was uh, as a computer forensics in the first case in Uruguay in 2004 regarding to child pornography. And well, I did the first uh, computer forensics project uh, there. And after that, they kept uh, calling me for, for, the, for those kind of cases. And Years after that, in 2006, uh, they called me for another case. And while I was working, I heard some people from uh, for the interval that were laughing. And I heard a story that uh, I, I have to share with, with everybody that for me wasn't funny, but it was regarding a case of a person that they arrested a few days earlier. And they were saying that the person uh, confessed uh, the crime 
and he was crying up to the point that 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 he he ended up uh, peeing on himself. And when after that, when they had to do the paperwork, they they noticed that when they request the uh, internet provider the information regarding the IP to trace that person, they noticed that they made a mistake in one number. So that person that was crying, that he admitted the crime, that he himself was had nothing to do with that. Oh my God! And they were laughing about that. No, no, that this is very, this is true, and that was the point where I decided to not to work anymore for the government. For me, it wasn't funny, and I was, I, I, I was not willing to be part of that system where things like that could happen. Uh, so basically, the, what I learned from that is that if you admit you are guilty of something, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are actually guilty. And that was a learning very strong for me. wasn't funny at all. And that was a point of inflection in my mind regarding all the issues regarding to, to the way law enforcement work, justice between inverted commas, because for me, justice is just an illusion. Uh, and well, after that, I, I, I worked for many companies up to uh, 2016, where I told you I quit, and a year after that, I the, the Interpol, the law enforcement, visited me, and they arrested me, and I was like, oh my god, what's going on here? And basically, they asked me if I knew something about a computer system, and I felt so relieved when they told me that because it was a computer system that uh, where I found several security issues uh, in the past, and I report them to, to the authorities because that is the way I, I, I always work and I always do. I mean, I, I became a, a hacker a long time ago. I mean, when I was 15, it was the first time that I, I modified a, a, a program, and, well, that was, I think, the first the first thing that make me feel that I, I, I was like a hacker, but anyway, I have done many things in the hacking field in my life, but I, I never told anybody anything about the things I have done. Uh, I mean, I, I was never looking for fame, never looking for money. Uh, I am just a curious person that knows about computers and wants to help solve problems. And in this case, I mean, I found huge problems in a medical provider system which could cause, I don't know, the information regarding thousands of people, the medical information regarding thousands of people was was there. Uh, and I couldn't do anything else but report them. So I did that. But, uh, well, and what happened was, I didn't know that in February of that year, that medical uh, that provider received an email uh, saying that their database was hacked and unless uh, they paid certain amount of bitcoins or cryptocurrencies or money uh, to to those people, they were they were going to make public all the medical information they they had. And they asked me, "Okay, did you send this email?" And I said, "Are you kidding? No." And they told me, "Well, 
here we have a paper from uh, the internet provider saying that the email was sent from your house. And I, I was like, okay, well, if you have that paper, then it means that the email was sent from my house. But you don't have that paper saying that the email was sent from my, was sent from my house. And well, uh, that was it. Uh, but then they, they, they kept uh, asking me questions and putting pressure on me. And the next day, the, the way these persons work is they try to find the thing that you love the most. And with that, they can do you, they can make you confess anything. So I was sure that they couldn't prove that I did that. So at one point, one of the, of the people in, in Interpol told me, well, okay, if you don't admit that you sent this email, we will go to your girlfriend's house, we will go to your mother's house, and, well, that wasn't very nice for me. I mean, it was a situation like, oh, what the hell? They are not only making this to me, but they are going to do the same with the people I love the most in, in my life. So I basically said, okay, I did send it. I mean, uh, and, and I was sure that I could prove that that was not possible. But that was enough for them. And in my house, when they, when they came, they found things that most of the people that work in information security and are hackers uh, have, but they were not prepared for that. So they found so many things such as, I don't know, every kind of device you can imagine related to hacking that they didn't know what they were because they were like asking me, and what is this? And what is this? And what is that? Uh, well, they were surprised. And well, then they took me to, 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 the, to the judge. The prosecutor asked me so many stupid questions, so many irrelevant questions that I was so frustrated, tired, and in a matter of two days, the judge said that, okay, send to prison, you, you, you will go to prison. And I was like, oh my God, I, I tried to, to help, to solve a problem, I, I, and they are sending me to prison. I mean, that was so crazy, and I couldn't believe it. And not only that, they told me that they were not going to do anything with my girlfriend, my mother, and actually, they arrested my girlfriend. They treat her like the worst criminal in the world in a psychological way. She still has uh, consequences of that. Well, we, we, we broke up after that event. And she's the, the, a person that, I don't know, the best person in the world. Uh, and they put her under such psychological pressure that they destroy her. They basically made her break. They told her things such as, I confess everything, and I said that she was the one that had planned everything. I mean, so many lies in order to, 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 to make her break. That, that, that is the only thing that uh, makes me really upset about all this, because I don't care about what they did to me. I, I can cope with that, but... Uh, I, I cannot accept the things that they did to, to, to the people I love. Uh, and well, after that, I spent eight months in prison for, uh, I was uh, accused of attempt of extortion 
and to access uh, in a fraudulent way to a secret to secret information. That is crazy. I mean, they basically sent me to prison because they they wanted to show the people the the, the people in Uruguay that wow the police here has the ability to capture a very dangerous terrorist and well he's in prison right now. They released information that was uh, not true that was modified in a perfect flawless way in order to make me look such as the worst person in the world and well people believe that because all the media covered my case and based on that information actually if uh, if I was reading that information and, and that was the true story I would probably think the same this person is a criminal but that was not all that was not the what the story I mean what they released what they said was far from from what really happened and it was just created in order to to get at a trophy. I mean, I was a trophy for the authorities. I was a trophy for the for the judge, and well, I had to pay the price of of my knowledge and and for trying to to do things correctly. I mean, I believe in the law of consistency, and people are consistent in the way they are. I've never made a cent uh, hacking. I have never told anybody about the the sites I have had, whenever I found a security problem, I reported, and that's it. I mean, so that was not consistent with, with me, what they were accusing me. And that was really, really silly. And well, I spent eight months in prison, but for me, as I said, at one point, I clicked on my mind and said, okay, I will be stronger than ever. This won't kill me. Actually, this will give me strength to to fight against all all this and that is what I am doing right now. Uh, I am trying to tell the world my story and so far uh, I am I am doing it and I am very very happy to see that when people that actually know about security know have the competence to to to, to see the elements of my case laugh about the the police and in a in a conference in Germany uh, at the end of last year, they they talk about uh, my case. Uh, well, the message that they said was never underestimate the stupidity of law enforcement. And it was uh, the talk was made that people are, I mean, they are very very well known uh, in the field of security. Uh, to give you an example, they detected uh, problems. In the voting system of Germany, uh, years ago, they hacked the, the voting system of Germany and they make uh, the government change the system before the election. So they are not stupid. They know about security. And in my case, they, they just couldn't believe what happened to me. Uh, and well, and it was another, another thing that I didn't know was in October of last year, I was able to access to the file regarding my case for the first time. And that, and then it, in that point, I saw the email that was sent regarding the extortion. And they were requesting 15 bitcoins. And the mail said, you should send the bitcoins to the following address. And the address was 
empty. There was no address to deposit the bitcoins. So it, if, if it was a crime, it was a crime of, of sending the most stupid email in the world. And I, I am not, I, I am a professional that, I mean, I have years of experience in, in this field. I know about cryptocurrencies and it, it, it's stupid to think that I, I would have done something like that uh, in the conference. All the audience couldn't help but laughing about my case. And well, I am telling the world my story. And the, the first big um, thing that I accomplished was uh, that a person that uh, has a podcast, which is called darknetdiaries.com, uh, was very interested in my story. So he made a, an episode regarding my case, which was uh, listened by 50,000 people. And after that, it was a, a snowball effect. And actually, everybody in the world, I think, that is in the field of computer security knows about my case. And they show, oh, Alberto from Uruguay, <laughs> the pure guy that was victim of the stupidity of, uh, of the police. Uh, but unfortunately, here in my country, uh, nothing, nothing happens. Nobody questions anything. And my case is in its initial stage. I mean, I haven't been... A sentence, I have no sentence, I have nothing. I am just waiting for, for the, the, the justice to, to, to continue with the process, but they have realized they, they are, they, they are treating with something they are not able to, to cope with. I mean, they, they do not have the competence to, to treat this case. It's like having a file in Chinese for them. So it, it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare for them. And well, uh, I am trying to do as much as possible to, to, to close this case, but it's not easy because the, the justice here has such much, it's so powerful that they can do whatever they want. And that is very frustrating. And that is why my strategy is to not to fight here only, but to show the world my story and let the expert uh, tell what they think about it so eventually that way they might they might see that they are being uh, laughed at uh, you know all over the world regarding this case and maybe that can make a change so I, I will use all the tools I have all the knowledge I have in order to, to change the thing and stop being a trophy and maybe I can change the system. I am willing to change the system because what happened to me would happen to anybody, but not anybody has the knowledge to, or, or maybe the resources to, to fight against this. And as Victoria told you, this person that committed, admitted committing a crime and was crying and being on himself, I don't know how many people like that uh, have served time in prison here, and but what I know is that I do not want anybody else here to to be in a situation like mine. That is what I know. Wow. <laughs> well, that was a very, very interesting story indeed, and a little bit horrifying, actually. I mean, considering that, considering that to be somebody that was doing what you were doing, 
it was actually part of your job as a security expert to uh, to test vulnerabilities in computer systems and the fact that the the uh municipal system there could not recognize that something like that might have been going on is is really scary. They just, uh, as he said in the beginning, it's like they they did not even have the most basic understanding of what was going on. Absolutely, uh, and uh, I I cannot understand. For example, regarding this uh, medical uh, institute, uh, I made two reports. One in 2014 because I was able to access to everything logging in with the username admin and the password admin. Oh, my God. Okay. A year later, uh, I found out that I could access to all the information they had, just modifying things in, uh, in, in a URL. I mean, I was with the browser, and I just modified some things, and the lack of control that they had made me being able to access to all the information they had. So I report that again. And that was just a, a, a case, but I have reported a lot of problems, a lot of very important problems here in Uruguay and outside Uruguay. And as I, as I said, I nev- nobody knows all the things that I, I, I have done, I have reported, I have discovered, and nobody will ever know because I don't want fame. I don't want to be famous. I don't want people to say, oh, my God, this guy got into sight. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to create consciousness regarding this. And things such as health records are so sensitive uh, that, I, for me, it's, it's, it's impossible to think that when creating a, a system, they do not consider uh, security uh, as, as uh, something that is a must for a system like that. So, yeah, and that's uh, the reality here in Uruguay. When I read inf- news about the USA, for example, I see that certain medical institution got a security breach and, I don't know, 3,000 uh, 300,000 uh, records were compromised. Well, the government... Uh, put a fine on that institution. They have to pay, I don't know how much money for each record that is compromised. The, so, but here, they have known the problem since 2014, 15, and they got me arrested in 2017 for a, a, a stupid problem that they should have solved. I mean, I didn't send the extortion email. I didn't hack the, the database and install the information, but it was so naive the way the, the system was designed that anybody could have done it in, in a frame of, of two, three years. It, 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 it's ridiculous. If I was in charge of security of, that, of the government or this medical institution, I would have, have shut down the system, correct the problems, and then, okay, uh, turn it on again. But they were so exposed that the responsibility of the government that they knew about this, of the medical institution that didn't solve it, it's huge. But I had to pay for everything. I, I, I had to go to prison for all the, the things they didn't care, they didn't do anything about, uh, just for, for trying to help. So if, you, if I think right now, 
okay, that day in 2014, why the hell did I send that email? Why the hell did I send an email a year after? I mean, why did I worry? They care about them, but they, they didn't even care about the, the information they had. The government didn't care, didn't do anything. So I think I was stupid in, from one point, but that's the way I am. Uh, I, I, when I found problems, I tried to solve them to, to avoid that people, innocent people, the information about people could be released, compromised, and I am not looking for money, for recognition, for anything. I just want to to help uh, things that, uh, I mean, if I was part of that database uh, that was stolen, I, I would have liked that if somebody had found problems before, would have uh, reported them. I mean, I put myself in the feet of other people and I just act like that. But after all this, unfortunately, I found many other problems, but there is no way that I to report them anymore. I mean, that's, that's very sad, and that's one of the learnings that people uh, said the, about my story after hearing it, that uh, in the podcast. And another thing was that many people, um, well, the guy that makes this podcast, uh, com, told me that, one of the, the the feedback he got the most was that some people got really scared that they could have the same problem because they have the same equipment as you. And actually, it was I, I was sent to prison not because of of evidence. I was sent to prison because all of the things they found in my house, which are completely normal and are part of the life of anybody that works in information security. I mean, you have to use the tools understand the tools the enemies use in order to, to try to avoid them to commit crimes. So it's a fine line, and it's, I don't know, it, it's something from an ethical point of view that makes you think a lot. And unfortunately for me, a reporting security problems that I find is, is not a, something that I will, I will do again. Yeah, and it's a fact that if you are if you are somebody that works in uh, computer security, IT security, if you were to say buy a book on how to do your job, it would actually usually come with a disk or or instruct you to download certain things so that you can test servers and test systems so you know if they're vulnerable or not. Exactly, that's correct. I mean, uh, one of the reflections at the end of the podcast was that uh, the person that makes the show is, uh, is also a, an information security professional, and he, he asked himself, I mean, um, uh, I mean, his favorite TV show is Mr. Robot, and he says, okay, why, um, why do uh, people like me uh, embrace in the in the hacker culture, such as having T-shirts of hackers, books of hackers, and he says actually that might be the same reason why the law enforcement likes watching violent movies with bad guys, or why the firefighters that live down the road for has stickers of flames on on, his, on their trucks. I mean, we all in this professional in this profession are we love it. We are excited to be close to the action and to know everything the enemy knows and 
to think that I think that to defend our our network, we have to take a position where where we have to 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 be in in the place of a hacker of an attacker in order to to protect ourselves. So there's a grain line between an illegal hacker and a security professional, and in some ways, uh, it's like having uh, an evil twin. And this, we have the same skills, the same curiosity, and it's a, a relationship that is complicated. And in my case, the judge was unable to understand that. Uh, but a person should be convicted for a crime if the person convicted a crime, not for what he was, not for what he has in his house, uh, not for that. They have to have the evidence to show that you actually commit a crime. And one thing that uh, for me, is is very I mean it's my philosophy of life I don't know if you've heard about the the hacker manifesto but it, it reflects actually for me what what I had to live and actually it says something like um, okay I, I, I'm a hacker I am guilty my crime is that of curiosity my crime is that uh, my crime is that uh, knowing more than you, and that is something that you will never forgive me for, and you might stop me, but uh, we, you won't stop all of us. Uh, after all, we are all alike. And that's the philosophy behind activism, which is something that I don't know if many people know, but is uh, a philosophy uh, behind hackers, uh, because we have this problem that they visualize us as criminals, and actually, those who, who say that we are criminals are those who create nuclear bombs, those who are destroying the society, those, those who are robbing our money from the evil, evil bank system. Uh, but we, we are the criminals because we seek knowledge. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, and an interesting thing that you mentioned earlier was investigating pedophile networks and stuff like that. Well, if you have bad people that are into pedophilia and they're learning about computers and finding ways that they can trade this very evil, evil type of stuff that they're dealing with, well, we absolutely have to have good hackers, good computer experts that can understand what they're doing and go in there and actually find these people. That's absolutely correct because right now uh, I made uh, a talk uh, two years ago in Sao Paulo regarding this because crime is moving from crime to cybercrime because the the tools that are now being used to commit crimes are uh, are, are, uh, things that involve information technology or technology in one way or another. Uh, Before, they used to rob banks. Right now, they buy a program on the dark net and they use that program to steal money from an ATM without, uh, without having a gun. So the, 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 the criminals are, are using a new business model, which is that they are using information technology and all the tools they have to commit their crimes. Because before, we used to use cash money uh, to pay for things. Right now, everybody uses credit cards and electronic ways to, to pay for things. So what do the criminals do? The, instead of robbing money, 
they rob uh, banks uh, on the internet, and that's the way it's going to 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 be. And it, in one point, all, all the crimes will be cyber crimes. So we have the the law enforcement, the justice have to to understand that and to be prepared for that because that's something that is an, impossible to stop. Uh, crimes will be all cyber crimes in the future. That's that's a fact. And right now, identity theft is a huge problem. It's going on everywhere. Major companies are getting hacked. People's credit card information is getting out. You see it in the news every once in a while. Oh, Sony was hacked. Apple was hacked. It's it's very bad stuff. And you know, if somebody gets a hold of your credit card, they could do some serious damage. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, the the companies are now the credit card companies. I, I, I actually assuming those costs and the the cost of those frauds, which are billions and billions of dollars every year, and they have calculated that. Uh, what do they do? They know they are going to lose that money, but they they charge that on each transaction with uh, with a credit card. Whenever you pay with a credit card, you charge the person uh, for that. I mean. It's part of the cost of using the credit card. Why? Because the credit cards were initially, uh, they, they didn't create the credit cards for uh, an internet world. They created the credit card in, I don't know, in 1950s. I don't know if it was diners or what to pay for, to, for, for a lunch. But in that time, during that time, they didn't have a world where everything was connected with everything and credit cards by design have a lot of uh, I'm not prepared for I'm not designed it with the security in order to, to avoid all the things that are happening the the what's called carding or scrolls with credit cards uh, make companies lose a lot of money and and well yeah they have to first hire people uh, professional information security professionals to improve their systems, to be constantly monitoring everything, to know what's going on in the in the market, in the black market of, of these things, in order to be prevent to be prepared and to fight against them. And eventually, they will have to change the way uh, credit cards work because they are not designed for for a world like this. I mean. Uh, years ago, when they created the credit cards with um, uh, that had this, this chip, a chip to improve the security, then uh, a near field uh, contact so you can pay just by placing the credit card uh, next to the, to the point of sale. But then they realized that by doing that, they were enable the the bad guys to. Uh, store the information, just putting a device next to the wallet of a person, and that that was uh, that was terrible. I mean, I think that was a huge problem in the USA, not here. But the things they did to to mitigate the problems were worse than the problem itself. So eventually, they will have to change the the way credit cards are designed. But the cost of making a change of that kind is so big that right now they they just assume the cost and it's the cost is transferred to the customers and to the people of 
that that accept credit cards uh, for the to work. So it's it's nothing minor. It's very interesting, and 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 the thing is that cybercrime right now moves and makes more money than drugs, uh, trafficking of uh, guns, prostitution. Uh, it's I think the 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 business that makes more money right now and in places such as Russia, Russia, uh, you have uh, organizations that are huge. I mean, they have uh, hundreds of people working in order to to commit crimes because the profits are huge. So imagine uh, you have to fight against uh, hundreds and hundreds of people trying to to enter into your network and steal money from a bank. Uh, I mean, wow, it's not an easy task. Alberto, did you go to school for any of this knowledge, or are you exclusively self-taught? Uh, well, I got a degree. I, I am a computer engineer, but after I got graduated, uh, I always kept learning uh, all the time uh, regarding information security. I have, have certific international certifications from many organizations regarding this. Uh, I'm an ethical hacker certified. I have a certification uh, in cybersecurity, from, uh, both from international organizations, recognized, and I also have a PMP um, certification, which is a project management professional which is uh, also allowed me to to be in charge of many uh, information security projects uh, to implement security projects in, in many companies. So I have formal knowledge, but everything, the most important things that I learned were not uh, in college or in these courses. I mean, the things that I learned were because of my curiosity, because of spending Hours, hours, days, weeks, uh, trying things, learning things, experimenting things. Uh, because if, if you want to be good at this, there is one thing that you cannot learn. You have to have passion for this. And that is a, a passion and an endless curiosity. And those things, are, you cannot learn them. I mean, you have to love this. So for me, it has never been like being, doing a, a job. It's a passion. I mean, I, I love what I do, and 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 that is that is a key element in order to to be good in this field. You have to have the the passion to to do it, and and well, you just have to love this, and that that is the only way to be good at this. Because otherwise, you can learn all the uh, all the things uh, theoretically, but when it comes to to the real world. You just uh, try to enter into a system, and after a few attempts, you get frustrated, and then you go to your house, and it's over. But no, if you are good at this, uh, you keep trying until you 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 get what you want, because it's, it's like a drug. I mean, it's something you cannot control. You you get I don't know. It's if you if people that watch Mr. Robot would understand that. You you just love it. It's something that you cannot learn. When you were in jail, did you have any uh, problems? Did anybody mess with you, try to pick a fight with you, anything like that? Well, that was something that 
uh, for me, it was, uh, I, I didn't know what to expect, and I was very afraid of what could happen to me, but when I arrived, uh, well, I was uh, in, in, a, in a cell for five days without any kind of communication, so I didn't know what was going on outside, but when they took me to, to prison, I arrived, and they asked me, okay, what did you do? Why are you here? And I said, no, uh, it was a computer-related crime. I had cases. Oh, my God, you're the hacker. Everybody knew about my case. And they asked me, can you hack my girlfriend's Facebook, please, please? Oh, my God. So I was like, how did how did this guy know about me? Well, after that, I, 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 I found out the the media the media impact of this and and well from that point i was afraid yeah but they saw me with a lot of respect because i was like somebody who has certain knowledge that they did not but i don't know i i didn't have any problem because it was a very low security prison and people the other inmates treat me with a lot of respect, and the authorities also. Well, and the first thing they said when I arrived was, this person cannot get close to any equipment, but after a few months, they saw, they saw the way I am, and I was teaching the basics of computers to, to 40 inmates in a, in a room with seven computers, so I got the trust of, of the authorities, and I was able to do that, which was satisfying for me, so everybody treat me with respect, the authorities, the other inmates, everybody. So I can say that I didn't have any problems in jail. Uh, I had other issues that maybe are part of another story where people, somebody uh, went to visit me. And it was so strange for me, but at the end, that person wanted me to hack a bank. And that is something that is very common. People that are in other countries when they are convicted for computer related crimes are are contacted by people who want them to work for them in order to commit crimes so that wasn't very nice but okay i could deal with it yeah that's interesting because it's it's my understanding that uh, the Italian mafia, for example, they used to specialize in beating people over the head and doing things like that. But uh, in this day and age, a lot of what they do is actually the same thing. It's computer-related crime, identity theft, and stuff like that. Yeah, and, and the, the I mean, that's not the profile of a person who is in jail in the world and in this country. So people in jail, are, unfortunately... People who just were born in the wrong place, uh, in the wrong context, that uh, with very low incomes, with many problems, uh, and they grew up in a context that led them to, to end up in prison just because they, they were pure, they had no money, and shares for me are created for them. And if I was born in the place where most of them were born, I would probably end up like them. And that is very sad. Um, but as, as I said, fortunately, uh, I was very, very respected by all the inmates and I never had a problem. Uh, uh, I, I have to, to say that. 
um, which made things easier because I, I am no I am no violent at all. I have never had a fight in my life, and I had the idea that if you were in a prison, uh, you solve problems fighting, not talking, and that was not the case. And I mean, I had to to be witness of many not very nice things, but nothing ever happened to me. I feel so bad for your girlfriend and what happened to the relationship in general. Is there anything at all that she can do about what happened to her? Could she maybe uh, sue them? Well, she can perfectly sue them, um, but she uh, it's very sad. It's very sad what happened to her because she's, she's a person, I mean, her heart is uh, she's, I don't know. I'm so sorry for her. Uh, uh, yeah, she can perfectly sue them, but she doesn't want to know anything about uh, this thing anymore. But if she if she wants, she, she can perfectly sue her. And actually, I am going to to sue them because of many things they did uh, that were not correct, such as, for example. In the media, they said the the director of Interpol in Uruguay uh, said that I was cloning credit cards. I mean, it was not a, 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 he was not saying we suppose we think he was probably no. He says I was cloning credit cards, and you know how many credit cards uh, cloned they found? Zero, none, nada, nothing. I mean, everything I had was for. Uh, research purposes to learn. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I think about it, and they thought that I was cloning credit cards and go to ATMs to, to to take money. And he also said that uh, I used to access to other people's bank accounts and get money from that, which upset me a lot. And as as I said to him, okay. Show me that I have stolen a cent from somebody else's account, and I, I will personally go to the justice and, and and do what you have to do. But show me that I did that because you you cannot make an affirmation like that. You can destroy a person's life, but in the case of of, of people uh, that are hackers or information security professionals that end up in jail, the situation after jail is absolutely different than any other kind of people who serve time in prison. Uh, the most important and recognized people uh, in, in, in information security hacking uh, uh, in the world have all served time in prison, which gives you, I don't know, an added value. So uh, after being released, I got job offers from many companies. Uh, that that was and and after talking to people and telling them what really happened, nobody. I thought people will will start running away from me because I am a criminal. I mean, I I was in prison, but no. After when I start telling people about my story, they actually get uh, admired and they want to know more and they don't run away from me and. They, they, and they can't believe what happened to me. And well, and in the world, 
doors open, as I told you. My case was treated in a Congress in, in Germany. In a, it's known all over the world, and nobody treats me like a criminal. Actually, um, I, I, I am famous without wanting it, because as I told you, I never was looking for fame or anything like that. But at this point, everybody knows all this. And I'm, I am very happy to, to see that people that can analyze all the elements can reach the conclusion that what happened to me was stupid. Uh, so I am glad that people can actually analyze situations and not get with one version from the press saying uh, a cyber terrorist got arrested by the police, blah, blah, blah. He had an anonymous card which makes him guilty. Now, People can think in the some people can think in the world and that is that is great. I mean, and I'm trying to 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 send that message to as many people as I can because uh, you don't know when you read in, in the news about certain case and a person. You, maybe what they are telling you is far away from the truth. I don't know. And as I told you, in my case, after prison, I was surprised by by the way society uh, accepted me and treated me. Yeah, I had a, another gentleman, it jogged my memory because you were talking about how a lot of the major security experts have spent time in jail or prison at some point. Well, I had Greg Hausch on the program. He was uh, He's somebody that was actually involved in the Mr. Robot show as a consultant, and I can't help but see a lot of similarities between your story and his story and kind of what happened to him and, and getting thrown in prison and not really being the type of person that has to go there and what happened to you. So I, I think there's definitely some truth there. A lot, a lot of these experts, they end up behind bars before they are able to kind of, um, you know, you know, come out and tell their stories. Yeah. And not only that, uh, um, it, it's crazy, but, how living a story like this of being a security professional that served time in prison is actually uh, something that might get your career poof, to the moon. I mean, you are just a person that an average per person that that nobody knows in the world. But after situations like this, people start know, knowing about you and they admire you and they see you with another eye. And you should use that, even you, you are not guilty of anything, and you know it. You, you you can you can either be destroyed by the situation and commit suicide, or you can end up being a stronger enemy and use that as an opportunity to jump your career to 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 anywhere you want. It, it opens you the door to any place you want to go if if you take it like that. I mean, it's all about how you. You, you you adapt yourself to the situation that is complicated, that uh, mentally can destroy you, but if you are strong enough to 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 survive that, then the world is in your hands. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but yeah, it's like that. I mean, there's a guy called Kevin Mitnick uh, that is probably one of the most famous hackers in the world, who is now one of the best paid information security consultants in the world. And the, the, the other day I saw a, a picture in Instagram that was very funny, that it was like two ways of, of becoming 
and very well-paid security consultant. And on the left side, it was the, the, the past of 20 years working as blah, 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 working blah, blah. And on the other side, it was uh, being convicted of computer-related crime, uh, good behavior for 17 months, and then in two years, you become a very well-played information security professional. It was very funny. What is really scary about it is the fact that it wasn't just, from what you told me, it wasn't just the government of your country, but Interpol as well, which is an international organization, to think that they were making the mistakes like this is very disturbing. Yeah, but uh, as I said, in the early uh, 2000s, I worked, uh, I worked for the Interpol, actually, and the problem is not the Interpol. The problem is the, the, the law enforcement here, which are local police that have no, no, they have no education regarding to this kind of, of the, I mean, I, I think they can perfectly cope with uh, crimes related to, to drugs, to, uh, to any kind of, um, other crimes, but when it comes to technology, they are not prepared, but it's a problem of, of this country only. For example, if you see cases in Argentina, which is a country that is our neighbor, uh, you see that when it comes to um, investigating computer-related crimes, it's something absolutely different. They have, first of all, they have uh, laws uh, regarding this kind of crimes. Such in the USA, you have the the, the law that was uh, I, I don't remember the name, but uh, to fight. Uh, Cyber terrorists and internet. I don't know the name of the law, but in the in the USA you have a law that uh, that contemplates this kind of of crimes. And the for people that are found guilty of those crimes, uh, they have to pay. Uh, I mean, the time they have to spend in prison is 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 not low. And in Argentina, well, they have crimes contemplating. Computer-related, they have law contemplating computer-related crimes, and the law enforcement is prepared to to cope with that. And you see the procedures, and wow, uh, we are in Uruguay. We are thousands of years away from them, and that is one of the things that I want to accomplish. I want to accomplish a, a root change. First of all, if I want to change. This kind of things, uh, and I don't want them to happen again. Uh, I, the way to do it is not to to give uh, training to the law enforcement. You have to create laws uh, against computer-related crimes. That's the first thing because I was charged for extortion and knowing secret information. But extortion, as in a traditional way, I mean, such a traditional extortion. There, is, there are no crimes related to computers. So if you want to access to a system and you try for hours usernames and passwords, that's fine. That is not a crime. In, but if you go to Argentina and you try to enter to a system and you are not supposed to enter a system and you start trying username and password, that's a crime. So you have to change first the legislation and create a laws that are against this kind of crime. That's the first thing. For what happened to have happened, there must be some kind of 
major corruption there because why the heck was the media so in on this? <laughs> well, I I will tell you two things, uh, a few things. Um, I know that I am doing things correctly, uh, telling the world my case because I had a petition on change.org uh, to get people to sign to 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 change the way. Uh, digital evidence and investigations regarding two cases uh, in computer crimes were treated in my country. And um, I, I am working a lot in several things to, to tell the world about this. And a week ago, somebody who's writing an article for medium.com regarding my case told me, hey, Alberto, the article is almost done, but I clicked on the change.org link that you sent me. And it said that the petition is not available. Well, the petition at change.org got uh, deleted. My username got deleted. And I contact change.org and they never reply. So things like that show me that there's some kind of power. I, I am annoying some people that have a lot of power. And I am getting signals that... Uh, I am doing things right because some things not nice are happening to me, but that won't stop me from keep doing that. And regarding to the particular case uh, uh, that I had to leave, the institution that uh, got hacked at the same time was that it was hacked. Uh, there was a case, yeah, of corruption uh, where I don't know, I think six or seven people were sent to prison. Uh, except those in the top positions, directors, and all that. No, uh, people at the bottom of uh, of the institution were were sent to jail due to due to um, fraud, fraud. Uh, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe somebody thought that okay, this guy got in our got into our system, and maybe this guy got some information that mm, we won't, we don't want him to be aware of and maybe this guy can, can cause us some problems. I don't know. I'm just thinking, but maybe you're right, Daniel. Maybe you're right. Uh, I mean, I didn't do it. Uh, somebody else did it. I don't know who, but somebody did it and they did it for some reason. Uh, yeah. It's also puzzling that whoever really committed the crime must have gotten away with it, right? Um, yes, and another thing that is not minor is that, uh, okay, for the justice right now, I am a nightmare <laughs> because I used to be a trophy, but with my lawyer, we are, we are, Making so many requests and and putting so much pressure on them that they don't want to know from 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 my lawyer or, or me anymore. And one of the things that is something basic and for for somebody in a criminal court is something that is a right is to be able to have. Uh, in my case, I requested uh, as a third part. A, um, research 
of the servers involved in the hack in order to to see if what it is in the file, what it is, what they say that it happened that the database was stolen and all that really happened. They, to to see if the IP addresses they researched were correct. I mean, it's like uh, when a, a person in sports uh, gets positive for drugs uh, in in a test, the person they, you have to two samples of, of, of what they tested. I mean, the person has the right to say, no, that, that result is wrong. I mean, I want somebody, somebody else, a third party, to analyze that, to have the opinion. I mean, and the judge denied me to uh, that request, the request to a third independent party analyze the servers involved in the hack. So... And, and, and we keep on, on asking that, and we are going to appeal because we are going to get that. That is something that cannot be denied. Everybody has to write in, in certain research or anything related to a, a criminal cause to to request a, another opinion apart from that that, that the the police gave. Uh, they, they gave. I mean, that's something basic. If you want to assure. Uh, that, that you are under a fair process, you you have to to allow that is is something uh, common sense only. Is there any possibility that somebody was trying to frame you? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, uh, you know, it's been like eighteen months since I got arrested. So you can imagine all the time that I had to think about all the possibilities. Uh, and I have thought a lot and I have some theories, but as I don't have proof, uh, I rather not uh, being specific, but the, the thing is that uh, people Lawyers and other people that are in the field um, told me that certain certain uh, possibilities, and one of the things was that uh, I was reporting security things. Uh, I, I mean, I was doing the job of uh, of an ethical hacker for free. So maybe somebody in the industry said, "Okay, that guy is." Is making for free what what we charge a lot of money for. Maybe maybe I was bothering somebody because I was doing that. I I, I don't know. I really don't know if it was a, if that was the case. Um, another possibility was that I was really 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 involved and had a lot of knowledge and lot of projects related to cryptocurrencies, which uh, were we're going we're, we're going to eventually cause uh, a lot of damage to people in the in the financial system in my country that's another possibility i mean uh, the thing that that if some if i was framed it was because i was bothering uh, somebody that had a lot of power uh, so yes i mean i i wouldn't think this was just for fun, uh, and after the stupidity that nobody realized that the 
Because how could they emails. how could they both set you up in this way? I mean, yeah, sure, it, it, there was probably a lot of stupidity stupidity involved, but how could they both set you up in this way and then have control of the media at the same time? That's just too much of a freak occurrence. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, as, I, as I told you about the Hacker Manifesto, uh, <laughs> the thing is that my only crime is that of uh, curiosity, my crime is that of outsmarting you, something you will never forgive me for. Mm, yeah, so, uh, the thing is that here we are having a change in finances, which with something that's called financial inclusion, which is forcing everybody to use the financial system for everything. Um, and at that time, I was working with cryptocurrencies, which are another way of 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 uh, paying for things and another kind of money, which is not centralized and cannot be controlled by any government. So ah. the banks <laughs> have a lot of power. I mean, and the, the, with this law of financial inclusion, where the people, all the people, are forced to use the financial system for anything, uh, they, they, they are getting huge of profit. And if they have a thread that there's something that can make them lose uh, uh, the market, mm, they have a lot of power. And the government is the one who approved that law. So, oh, <laughs> uh, makes you think. Makes you think. Yeah, because the whole monetary system is actually controlled by a select few wealthy individuals. So again, we're going into that Mr. Robot territory a little bit of of uh, of, of possibly pissing up off the people at the very top of all of it. <laughs> well, you you wouldn't you wouldn't believe how many times. I mean, before what happened to me, I watched Mr. Robot uh, like I don't know how many times, but after that. I watch it much more times, and in each episode, I was thinking, "Wow, this is exactly what happened." And in the first episode, where the one percent, the zero, that zero zero one percent of the 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 people in the world control everything, uh, you are correct. The banks, the financial system, which is uh, something evil. That nobody is, not many people is aware of of what's going on and all the. I mean, in the USA, what happened in 2008 was the proof that it was all a lie. And well, uh, I know I've been researching a lot regarding this, this kind of things. And since the dollar was not uh, supported by gold equivalent to each dollar, everything got uh, everything is a lie and. Money is just a number in a computer system in the USA and in the world. So it's a bubble that is going to eventually explode. It's a lie. Uh, it's, it's something that it's going to happen. I mean, a, fi a financial, uh, a, a huge financial problem is going to, to, to happen because they are just uh, printing, printing, printing money all the time. They, 
the Federal Reserve is, is a private company, which is crazy. Uh, it's all a lie. The financial system is all a lie, and it's going to explode eventually. And not only in the USA, everywhere in the world. Uh, yeah, and those are people with a lot of power. And yeah, uh, and in 2008, when these problems happened in the USA with the mortgages and all that, it was the time where the paper where bitcoins was explained was appeared which is uh, a coincidence i don't believe in in coincidence i don't believe in that uh, and after that the, the model that was proposed by the bitcoins started to be implemented and it's a threat to to the traditional financial system yeah it's, it's changing and it's going to change the world and nobody can will, will stop it i mean the financial institutions in the world are, have, have realized that and what they are doing. Western Union and other companies that are focused on transfer funds all over the world, uh, well, they used to charge ridiculous amounts of, of commissions for sending money from the USA to Mexico or any place in the world. But with Bitcoin, you transfer money paying cents or nothing or nada, zero. So, they have to change the model, and right now they are using the blockchain uh, technology or that, that is the core of Bitcoin in order to to make their processes uh, like, the, like the way Bitcoins work because they cannot fight against the technology or, or, or the concept behind Bitcoin. They, they have, to, they have to, to, to do the same in order to survive. Yeah, basically, unless it's something that they own and release themselves, it's it's a huge threat to their whole shebang. It, it means that their money doesn't hold the same value anymore. That's absolutely correct. I mean, uh, in the USA, the dollar is supposed to lose 2% of its value every year, which is far from the truth. It loses much more value. And Bitcoin, they're a currency that do not have... Um, do not lose money, do, do, do not lose value. Why? Because the amount of, of um, coins that are going to be available are known and you cannot create more coins than that. So the price is just based on of, uh, uh, the demand and the offer that you have. And, it's, uh, and not only that, it's that people set the price because the transactions are between people, not with a something in the middle which has always been banks or any other institution that were in some way or another controlling and knowing everything that was going on and this model is is changing everything and here in Europe for example the what well, this would be the same as the IRS in the USA that uh, the the office that controls the taxes and all that like uh, it's incredible the way they are uh, investigating, researching all the things people do. Because, of course, right now that you are forced to use the financial system for everything, they know everything you do with your money. And if they see you spend a suspicious amount of money in certain things that you cannot justify with the money, your income, they go and, and you might have many problems. And when you play with a credit card, you are leaving traces of everything you do. 
And despite the fact that you maybe cannot justify anything, I don't want people, I don't want the government to know what do I spend my money in. I mean, that's something that is for me. And if I buy certain things, I don't want the government to know. If I go to, to, to a hotel with, with a, a lover, I don't want the government to know that I went to a hotel a certain day, a certain time. No, that's private. That's my life. I don't want the government to know everything about me because they are knowing everything about my, my what I spend money in. That's something that is against my my values, against my philosophy. Did you have a Wikipedia page that got deleted? Sorry, did I have a Wikipedia page? Yeah, because I was, you know, I like to look up all my guests, and I was, I was looking, and it, it looked like that you had one, but somehow it got deleted. I just wonder if that's uh, something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yes. wow, they must not like him. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, you are absolutely correct. Yeah. So, so not only the change that all uh, petition was deleted, other things. Uh, do not appear on the internet anymore. But if you put my name on Google, yeah, yeah, you will find a lot of information about me. And and oh yeah, you I want can to tell they're doing it. something. I can tell they're doing something because I've been kind of following that sort of thing. Like they've been Google's been blocking out like a lot of stuff. Um, you know, they don't want people talking about. And you kind of notice the patterns of when somebody's having their stuff removed. Definitely notice that going on with you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I told you. Certain uh, things that happened to me were signals that I was in the correct path. I mean, that I, I was not wrong uh, what I was doing with the, trying to, to let them know people about my story because somebody obviously got upset. Somebody obviously with power uh, do not want things to be known. And... You said it. I mean, I told you about change.org, but not about Wikipedia. So what you told me surprises me, and you're right. <laughs> yeah, and it's no laughing matter because, um, you know, it is a little bit scary. Uh, do you ever have that fear or anxiety that they, they might actually um, retaliate for you speaking out like this? And at this point, I mean, two years ago when it all started, what did they do? They they use psychology and they treat me with certain things in order for me to confess something I didn't know. Right now, uh, I, this might sound uh, uh, not nice, but at this point, I am so convinced and so I have the determination to 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 not to win this this case, but to make a change in the system that, yeah, they can do anything. They, I mean, I am aware that what I am doing might have not very nice consequences on me, that I have, I might experience uh, things due to, the, to what I'm doing. I am completely aware of that, but I have decided not to let that uh, stop me from doing that because if I if I let this kind of things make me throw the tower and say okay no more uh, they win no 
I haven't come this far in order to to quit. I will go until the end for this, and I am a yeah. This is not funny, but I am a yeah. You can imagine that I have thought about that a lot. The consequences that I might have because of what I'm doing. Yeah, not not only the consequences I might experience, but the people I love might experience. Uh, yeah, and and I'm, I I have decided to go with this uh, until the end. And I know that the end might be in a, not in a very nice way uh, with people with power. You know that, yeah. Uh, if if what you what you mention is something serious, but it's something that uh, it's great that you ask because it's something completely possible. And I am aware of that, but I am the I have the determination to go with this. Until the end, I'm not going to let them win. If they want me to, if they want to stop me, they will have to stop me. Uh, I'm not using the the law. Or, no, they are going to stop me somehow. I am aware of that. Yeah, uh, but I am willing. I I I have assumed that I am. I will pay the price of that if if that happens. Yeah. Another. Thing about this whole situation and hacking and hackers in general, well, the way the world is headed, there seems to be more and more control, and the way that they're getting this control and the way that they're spying on people and keeping track of everybody is using technology. Well, when you think about it, the hackers are really our only chance of having any sort of freedom in the future, because once the the grid is fully assembled, they're going to be the only ones that can offer us any sort of freedom because the technology and the control is just going to be so great. Yeah, absolutely correct. That is why so many people uh, that are activists that uh, are fighting against the system because they, they do not accept what you're saying. You're absolutely right. The governments are controlling, are knowing everything about everybody. And as I told you, I don't want the government to know if I bought uh, an ice cream two hours uh, earlier in certain place. Uh, what I do with my money is something that they, I don't want them to know. Uh, and, and yeah, you are correct. Uh, actually, you know, the, the governments have access to all your information in Google, in Microsoft, the, uh, all, all the, the, the biggest companies in the world that are computer-related companies, Apple, Google, etc. Uh, the governments have access to all the information uh, they, they, they have regarding you. So the governments know everything about you. When you have a cell phone, they know everywhere you, you have been. They have records of everything you you have, everybody you have called, all the messages, and the worst part of that is that uh, not only in the USA but here in Europe also they are doing that without um, uh, an order from a charge. I mean, illegally they are monitoring the activity of the people without any 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 justification, and it was basically what everybody knew. And Snowden uh, confirmed when he did that. And it's funny because what's happening here is 
something, an analogy with Snowden is like, people tell, ask me, okay, uh, are hackers good or bad? And I, I tell them, well, I don't believe in good or bad, black, white, uh, yes, no, uh, everything is relative. I mean, Snowden for the government of the USA is a terrorist, but for the people, he's a hero. He, he told people things they should know, but the government was not telling them. So everything depends on the point of view. Black, white, right, wrong, hero, terrorist. Uh, and yes, hackers in the future, people that know our computers will be able to be protected against this uh, control the government has and be maintain, have certain anonymity, being anonymous on the internet, on their activities, but the government do not like that, and that is why the government are fighting and creating laws against this kind of groups such as Anonymous and every group that is trying to be out of the system, this evil system that controlled by the government, that is going to be 100% uh, in computer systems in, in the near future. I mean, it is right now all in computers. Where do you see cryptocurrencies headed in the near future? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that uh, the concept behind cryptocurrencies uh, have changed the world. And I think for a long time, they, they will live together with the fiat common currency, but they are an alternative that everybody is, is knowing and if, if you have money, you, you, I mean, you, you should probably have, uh, considered not having all your money in, I mean, it has always been a strategy when you have, uh, money to invest not on a, on a single thing because of the risk, but to diversify everything. And cryptocurrencies will be part of, of, of that diversification people have in order to, to be, uh, prepared for an eventual collapse of, of the dollar, euro, or, or any other currency or the financial system. And I, I hope and I think that in the long term, they will be the, I don't know if bitcoins will be the, the solution or, or, or the winner or the thing that will uh, stay in the long term, but something that is based on the concept of bitcoins for me in the long term will be the what will stay and the current money will disappear in the long term. It's like, I don't know, like Napster. Napster was a revolution when it appeared, but it was, it had the problem that it was centralized and well, the, it was uh, closed. But then after Napster, the concept remained and other services started uh, working in order to get music for free on a, a program that couldn't be controlled by the government. So all these kind of innovations for me require certain kinds of interactions in order, it's like the matrix, like Neo was in the seventh interaction <laughs> in the matrix, like several, several times to run and improve in order to, to, to get, uh, stable. So I don't think Bitcoins in particular might not be the, they are the first implementation so far so good. 
but it needs to be improved. It will appear another cryptocurrency that will have many, will not have certain problems the Bitcoins have, such as scalability and other issues. Uh, but it's all, it's all a matter of time and, and evolution and, and well, making, solving some problems the first implement, implementation has. It's like, it's like the matrix. Speaking of the matrix, what do you do? You have any thoughts on artificial intelligence? Is it potentially a danger to us in the future? Well, for me, it's something uh, scary. For me, something that scares me. Uh, not the combination of artificial intelligence uh, uh, along with big data and all the information that is being uh, stored. Uh, on the internet regarding everything and everybody and everything you do combined with artificial intelligence uh, for me uh, it's, some, it's, a, it's, it's another tool that the government are using and will use more and more in order to, to have more control on the people um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't think that you they will take control of us uh, in a in a near future or in a mid term, such as such in the matrix. But uh, it, it is a tool, very a powerful tool. I mean, people ask themselves, what is the use that they store uh, that I have sent an, uh, a, a WhatsApp message to somebody today? Uh, that information is power information is a very valuable asset it's something that people do not realize that every single thing that you do that is being transformed into information it's power power for those who can access to that and it's it's something crazy and artificial intelligence with that information that is available can can give power to those uh, we have who have power uh, those people in power to to do many things that that really scares me and again we're going to the point of so only the hackers will be able to be anonymous in the future and not be tracked by the government yeah uh, that's a scary people should be aware that all the things they do that get uh, stored in a computer system, no matter how stupid or they think they are, they, they are giving power to the system. Information is power. Uh, yeah, very, very true. What can we do to make things change for a better tomorrow? Uh, well, you are... Some, you are doing something right now with your podcast. I mean, people like you who have the, who, who are able to see the things, unlike uh, the, the powerful people want people to see the world uh, and are doing something in order to, to let people know things and, and uh, Send messages and information to people with your program are doing a great job because knowledge is also power and it's probably 
I mean, information is power, but knowledge is also a powerful tool that, okay, people might not have access to the databases, the big data, the artificial intelligence, but people can have access to knowledge. And that is something that the government do not like. So providing knowledge to the people like you are doing with this program, I mean, uh, you may, you treat certain things in your program, you talk about certain things that, okay, people can listen and they can agree, they cannot agree, but the point is that having other points of view regarding what's going on is great. I mean, they give you the, you're able to analyze, to think, and to, and, and, and to understand things in a different way, not only get one version of that the world work, works this way, uh, the right thing to do is this, 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 pay your taxes, don't do anything bad, uh, use your credit card for this because you are helping, if you pay your taxes, uh, you are, the more people pay taxes, uh, I don't know, all, all those, those things they, they, they tell you from the government, which are, stupid uh, well if people have listens to other versions to other stories to other point of view they can open their minds and they can start questioning themselves about what's going on and that is a way that uh, things might change if only one person alone thinks like the way you think or the way I think uh that's useless. We, we will never change anything. But the more people that are knowing other versions of reality, the better. And I think that is the way to let knowledge reach people uh, with programs like you, like what many other people are doing uh, in a low scale. But in a low scale, my story... I never thought that it was going to be listened by 50,000 people. And then the video on YouTube of the Congress in Germany was viewed by 200,000 people. Wow. Uh, I was, wow, I, I, I wasn't expecting this. And, and then all the people that heard about my story, now they are aware of certain problems. And one posted, Alberto, go, go, Alberto. You, you you have the the support of a billion of activists of angry activists that will fight for you so uh you should uh you sh you should send messages and other point of view and other stories uh to to as many as much people as possible and you're doing a great job with with your podcast so uh, that's that's one thing, and I'm doing other things from what I can do, sensitizing, uh, um, making people know of things like what you ask me related to privacy, to to other things. Uh, well, I want people to to be able to, be able to know that they can use tools so they can use the internet without being tracked by the government. I mean, and teach them how to use them so. The government cannot uh, see where you go, what you do with your internet access. So those kind of things, th that kind of knowledge is giving people power to not be uh, in 100% of control of, uh, of the government. Alberto, 
Do you have anything that you would like to plug tonight before we wrap things up? Well, I could be talking about this for hours and hours and hours and, and, and weeks because what I told you is actually only, let's say, about 10% of what happened to me in the past years. Uh, my, you, you wouldn't imagine all the things that happened to me. That's why I told you. Uh, before, Mr. Robot was like, wow, the best, the best uh, TV show that... Uh, shows what is, what's really going on. But <laughs> after leaving where I live, I say, eh, not a big deal. It's a robot. It's fine. But <laughs> if people knew what I live, <laughs> they would say, wow. Uh, no, I, I am. I have told you, I am doing many things in order to 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 deliver my message and what my story to the world. Uh, and I, I will be honest with you. I I think anything is possible. I think I can I can get anything I want in life if if I have the determination and 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 I think that that's the thing that I have to do. And I would actually like to uh, I will actually do it. But my story I will eventually contact somebody who will like to to make my story. Uh, transform that in a in a content for not a TV show for Netflix probably, but um, I think my story in a told in a way that can reach the uh, a, a, a mass of people huge uh, it would be very nice and I, I will try to I will try try a noisy way of not doing something I will do it. <laughs> well, this has been incredible hearing all of this my god what a story it definitely is like a real life mr robot but um, even scarier because it, it, all the dots connect in a very disturbing way um, is there any chance we might see a, a mini series or a movie someday yes it is and you will uh, unless 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 what you said unless somebody stops me i will do it I will do it. I will do it. And, well, and by, by the way, sorry. If if you know somebody in the industry that might be interested on on covering my story and helping me to 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 do this, uh, that could be great. But I will eventually find a way to to do it. That's for sure. Be sure of that. Yeah, <laughs> I have a still uh, still chastity belt Trap. on. Still trap door. <laughs> fall through. Yeah. How are you doing, Todd? Uh, oh, I'm so good. It's so cold here in Utah, though. It's miserable. Oh. What temperature is it? No. 18 degrees. Oh, my God. It sucks there right now. Mm-hmm. How long is it like that throughout the year? It varies year to year. We're in a, a cold spell, probably because of the blood wolf moon. Yeah, I was checking bring out in. that. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because I was watching that eclipse the other night, and the moon turned completely blood red. Al was out in the desert driving his truck, and he pulled over and, and said he had a perfect view of it. I'm like, a perfect view? Yep. I'm like, holy shit. I thought it was only on the other side of the world, but... It was seen here too. 
Yeah, I was scared because when it turned blood red like that, I was certain that we are indeed at the end of days. Those are some pretty spooky lunar lunar events. People get crazy. Certain religions um, get crazy thinking it's all coming. Oh, it's frightening. Well, I don't understand if that's the Earth's shadow. How the hell does it turn blood red? Yeah, good question. Because it's not just a blood red, it's a super wolf, you know, like a bigger moon than usual because January. And then uh, it's it's uh, brighter and, and red. And it goes. I heard, and I beheld I heard there were people. when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was yeah. a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Yep, yep. That's one of the most fear-striking passages, no doubt. I went and looked at the eclipse last year, and that scared me. When the temperature dropped like 10 degrees in two minutes, I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Can you imagine if something like Planet X comes through or something and caused a total freaking blackout of the sun or the moon or something? The temperature would drop about 50 degrees. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, maybe. I, I have my doubts about all that space stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too. I mean, we know that meteors hit us, so there's got to be something up there that kind of falls from the sky. There has to be like rock, something rock up there somewhere. But I just don't know about like Planet X or if we're even moving or anything's moving towards us. It, it just doesn't, I don't know. I hear you. I hear you. Marshall Masters out there saying he, he saw it just recently. It's coming. Yeah, he but never really what's used he to seeing? That. What's he seeing, though? Is it swamp gas or a firefly or who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Marshall. One one of the very first people that got killed by UFO in UFO literature was uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a he was a Air Force pilot that was in a in a platoon of P fifty twos that chased a UFO up into the sky. There was five P fifty two fighter jets, and they kept climbing higher. The the commander. Um, everybody else had turned around because the thing kept getting going up higher, and they P-52s can only go so high. And his uh, his plane crashed, but he was talking on the microphone, trying to follow it, chase it. It's one of the first pe- the first person that officially died chasing a UFO was like 1952 or something. I forget what day it was. Yeah, don't don't even bother chasing those things. They're too fast. They're just fucking with your minds. Don't even bother chasing yeah. them. Just let them. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, they, those things, there's no doubt that they're out there. And I've seen them myself. But uh, they they got to either be human technology, like hidden technology, or it's something demonic, like it's some kind of shape-shifting fallen angels. Well, the, 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 the Satan is known as the Lord Lord of the air. There you go. So. Um, I don't know about all that, but it's one of the many references to him. But, but um, anyways, Daniel, what else is going on, my man? The, the, the news is pretty chaotic this week. Yeah, um, I suppose 
the big thing would be the uh, the MAGA hat kids versus the black Israelites. Exactly. First the blood wolf moon, then the manga hat wearing kids versus the black Israelites. You were talking about uh, Jesus being black recently, weren't you? Yeah, he was black. Yeah, you don't know those guys that were at the scene, do you? <laughs> black Israelites. <laughs> no, no, you know, that's funny that you say that, Todd. Because I used to laugh at those guys. I used to think, oh, they just want everybody to be black. They're delusional. That's so stupid. I mean, that's so far-fetched. <laughs> they love Jesus. They love Jesus. But when you think about it, uh, a lot of a lot of the uh, Jewish people, the original ones, were, were actually black because uh, the whole King Solomon, Queen Sheba, Ethiopian Jew thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they weren't. I... If, there aren't any um, pictures of them, um, just uh, historical descriptions and places where they lived. A lot of people there are black. Yeah, I mean, um, based on areas. where they lived, they had to either be Arabic or black or a mixture of the or a mixture of them both. Yeah, olive skinned. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're told. Yep. Yeah, and that's what it says in all of the various texts and all. Well, of that. I don't. I don't know about all those various texts because the various texts have been, you know, variously texted and changed variously throughout the ages. And I just don't know about these historical figures. Even time itself, Daniel, is called into question in today's age. Your guest is thing disappeared off of Wikipedia, I mean. Scary stuff. Pretty soon, the computer's going to tell you who everybody is, including you. You're going to go there, and it's going to have a thing of you, and you're like, this isn't me. It won't matter. <laughs> this isn't me. <laughs> That's how the world will know you. Tell me, hey. Have <laughs> a completely different profile picture. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, Daniel, you know, about that protest. Phonier than a $3 bill to start. On, on one of our local radio stations this morning, somebody said that um, there was reports that someone dropped off 20 Trump hats before the event ever occurred to the kids. Did you hear that story? What? So yeah. this is another one of those things where it's all controlled. So they're and... trying to track down who the hell was the guy that came up with a box of Trump hats and said, hey, kids, you want a Trump hat before the event occurs? And I don't know whether that's true. That was just what some local, my, my killer local radio station was kind of saying there was a claim out there. But, um, Daniel, if some guy's walking up to you with a drum, beating it, getting closer to you, beating it in your face, you dong, 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 yelling some Indian chant. I thought the kid handled himself pretty well. Yeah, And I the mean, media turned it into a giant, a giant sideshow circus. Exactly. They're probably, di they're probably diverting our attention from something really important that's going on, if you want the my opinion. Oh, sure. What What isn't important that's going on? I mean, uh, stuff like that, it's it's really 
hard to say exactly what the motivation is, and, and it could be just that, just keeping the whole media circus going, everybody polarized and focused in on these sort of red MAGA hats. They're like big targets, like you wave the flag, the red flag in front of the bull and get people to charge right in. I mean, you got to think about what's happening here. They're using the color red. The red, the color red yeah, can trigger things. It's a way to identify people with the color easily. Yeah, they always use That's red. right, Daniel. Red or blue. That's what they do. Uh, red, blue, black, yellow, green, depending on uh, what the what the political movement is they're pushing. It's just or, using or the old old magics. It's fire and water. The red is the fire, and the blue is the water. It's Bloods versus Crips, Democrats versus Republicans. Well, it's just it's archetypal. Oh, oh yeah, that garbage. Exactly. Jesse Ventura used to call them the Bloods and the Crips. You got the Bloods and the Crips and the political parties. You remember when he'd say that? Yeah, that's probably where I got that from. He was hilarious. Street gangs. <laughs> Jesse Ventura. Where is he now? In South America. He should be that's coming on my lives. show. You should get him on your show. That would be freaking weird. Yeah, I wonder if he would like me or if he'd want to kick my butt or what. Daniel, I heard you're kind of liberal. <laughs> <laughs> That was not bad. With you. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. If <laughs> you get all of them. <laughs> that was not that was not a bad impression at all. Oh yeah, Jesse Ventura. If I can only remember his slogan. He wasn't the Slim Jim guy. He was the other one. Oh yeah, he was uh he was actually an announcer in wrestling for a for a long time. Oh, I love his voice. Plus he was governor of Minnesota. Yeah, he's a very successful that's, man. That's, that's where he claimed he met the Illuminati and saw him and saw the whole corrupt system and got the hell out of America. Now he lives down in Central America. Yeah, one of the creepiest Jesse Ventura show episodes was when he was investigating those FEMA camps and he went and actually interrogated a, a, a certain politician. He didn't interrogate him, but he showed up on his doorstep basically and the guy was acting real creepy. He was just kind of looking at Jesse and making his face at him and smiling like he knew something and kind of denying things. But he was he was also laughing. And he, he says to uh, Jesse Ventura, he goes, ah, you think aliens are coming. <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was creepy as fuck. The guy was acting um, like, I, I don't know. Like he's Did he go to the guy's house or to the FEMA camp? At first, he went out to all the FEMA camps and made sure that they were real, and he took uh, video yeah. footage of all the you know, the little playground structures and stuff like that, and then he went to this <clears> guy's <throat> house, who was one of the politicians who signed off on all of it. He did some research, and then he went to the guy's house and confronted him, and the guy was just acting so strange. Yeah, he's like, I know what's going on. You don't, asshole. Yeah, yeah. One of those Yes, looks. yes, that's uh -huh. exactly what, that was exactly the vibe. And and why does he say you think aliens are coming? I mean that that triggers all kinds of. That's a way to, well, that's a way to discredit you right out the gate. You believe in aliens, <laughs> you dumb mother. Yeah, that's very. Aliens true. work for us. Yeah, kind of like the mafia would tell you. Plus the plus these people, these Illuminati people, they want everybody to believe in aliens. Well, there is the whole uh, idea of the alien um, 
deception. No doubt about it. That's gone back a long time. Oh, it's so true. There's so much proof. There's so much documentation of the disinformation and all of that. I mean, come on. There's no aliens up there. I mean, yeah, starting the, start the 50s, 60s, 70s, and then Eric Ron Dankins making the movie Chariots of the Gods. And in the 70s, there was a movie that played in the theaters called Chariots of the Gods. Yeah, quite quite was, popular. I wasn't alive, but quite it, popular. It was the number one book on the New York Times in 1973 or four, Chariots of the Gods. And then they made a movie out of it. And as a kid, I remember going and seeing it about 17 times where they were showing you all the ancient architecture and just Eric Von Danica and aliens had to build this. It's pretty convincing. Yeah, for sure. But my whole thing is if aliens built it, we wouldn't have to stretch. We wouldn't have to reach to come to these conclusions. It would be blatant and obvious. It would be recorded everywhere. We'd have, we'd have a piece of equipment that the aliens used over here kind of fossilized in a rock. And over here we have some drawings of exactly what was going on. And here we have these writings that explain this alien culture and where they came from and what their society is like. There's none of that shit. There's nothing like that. If you look back, it's all mythology. Those gods were just that. They were gods. They weren't aliens. Well, what there is is a picture that they've painted that makes it look like we were primitive and the aliens ran into us a long time ago and primitive man drew pictures on the walls and tried to describe what aliens would look at, yes. how they would look. Yes, that is um, exactly it, like God. Well, like a giant psyop. I mean, whether that's real or not, I mean, that's... It's not. It's old idea that aliens came. Maybe they didn't call them aliens a hundred or two hundred years ago, but but that's an old uh, an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, why are aliens going to come from from billions and billions of light years away in infinitesimal amounts of space? Why are they going to come here? Why are they able to breathe our air? Why are they able to be the exact same size as us, even though other planets would be completely different? Why do they have binocular vision? Why do they have two arms and two legs? Five legs, two arms, are same height. Yeah, why, why is all that stuff a fact? And why would they come all the way here so they could stick big metal objects into Whitley Strieber's butthole? Well, you brought that up last weekend. Al told you why. Because the quickest way to the average human's brains through his ass <laughs> that was pretty funny, or, or last show. Yeah, I was like, you know why they do the anal probes? Because that's where your brain is <laughs> for the average human. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but on the alien thing, yeah, you're right. Um, the the most advanced scientists, if you believe in space and planets and all that, they're saying that. Um, the further we go into time, the harder it's going to be to find another civilization because all the solar systems are spreading apart. They're getting further away, Daniel. You know how science tells us the Big Bang? Yeah. Every solar system is moving away from the other one. They're not moving closer. They're moving away. And so as time goes by, they're going to get further away. Um. 
And then there's a number of other things. You know how the movies always present the idea that the aliens come and they want to eat us, or the aliens come and they want to probe us, or um, they're interested in us. If they could come from another planet, they probably pretty much know everything that's going on, so they wouldn't want, they wouldn't need to test us physiologically. That sounds more like crap that's going on in our world. <coughs> yeah, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it, because um, what would do something like that would be an incubus or a succubus, an energy parasite demonic entity that attaches itself to you and comes and rapes you at night and, and uh, drains your energy. And that sounds like ancient literature, you know, from all the earliest days they've talked yeah, about those stuff kind of that things they actually, you're talking about Daniel but. exactly stuff that they actually wrote about not us taking what they wrote about and stretching it into aliens well <laughs> stretching it into aliens I'm with you that's probably what they're doing they're stretching it like that old Gumby character and, and they're making it yeah, what they want and, it and check this part out Todd all those things that would happen in those demonic hauntings, poltergeist activity, basically what these demonic deceiving beings did is they blamed all of that shit on reptilians. They're saying, oh, that wasn't us. It wasn't demons. It was reptilians doing these things. There's reptilians floating around your house knocking stuff around. They're the ones doing it. They, they basically blamed all of their thousands and thousands of years of tormenting humanity on this fake reptilian alien race. Yeah, kind of, kind of like you're saying. And then I sit and go, okay, now we're going to move to 5G where 20,000 satellites are going to sit above you and shoot laser beams back and forth at the highest speed electricity can generate. And everybody's cell phone is going to be a connection for the laser beams and they're going to have a, a something on a every 500 feet to be able to pull off the new 5G, Daniel. Can you imagine the amount of electromagnetic beams that are going to be shooting down from satellites? You don't think they could fake like an alien or a ghost experience or put something in somebody's brain? Uh, yeah, I definitely the, think that there's a technological element there that, that can never be ruled out at all i i mean that's always a possibility but, who's to say no, that no, no listen my opinion is that the reason they're spreading this mythology and setting it up for three four five decades is because they want everybody's mind to be wrapped around the possibility that you might have a ghost you might have a demon and then when they bring in the 5g they could probably produce one right there in front of you and you bow down when something's tormenting you and you can see it and it's being generated. Can't you see it's a perfect control mechanism for for a population that's been um, geared to believe in all these supernatural happenings? Yeah, that's that, there's definitely that possibility and a lot of that makes sense. In fact, I'd say that there's some truth there. They want people to kind of be afraid of Please. these things. But Please. Why, why is there 10,000 ghost hunter shows? We never even had one ghost hunter show. We had that show, Kolchak, back in the 70s, where he hunted down monsters. 
But that was a whole different thing from people going out with electronic gadgets, proving that there's a spirit right there in front of you in your house. This stuff could all be fake. Well, some what kind of gets me, and the reason why I, I do think there could be some truth there is, you know those shadow people things that people see? To me, that could that yeah. smoky stuff that they're made of, to me, that could almost be like some kind of nanotechnology, like tiny little robots that are floating around. They just look like smoke, and they can look like a human. They could form themselves to look like an animal, a dog, or just a half a body, or they could just be a swirling mass of black smoke if they want to be. So that, that would totally fit into context of something like that. Or they could just beam it into your brain, and you see foggy shadows out the corners of your eye because you're picking up weird energy that's moving in around you. Um, there's things you can't see. Go stick your finger in a light socket. Experience electricity. Um, or, or maybe what it is, Todd, is that these demonic beings, maybe they just are a type of technology, an ancient type of technology, maybe even a, a natural type of technology. I love your arguments with Al about the demons. Keep telling them, Daniel, it's demons, not aliens. Or, you know, keep keep that argument going. Um, with me, it's a, it's a little deeper. Um, I, I got off the demon thing once I was reading, like, John Keel and um, Charles Fort and started attributing sh stuff to a more natural, natural things. Or they're they're not they're not coming from another planet. They're coming from another dimension. That's kind of where I side. Um, and what else comes from another dimension? Demons. Uh, well, you could call hell another dimension for sure, but kind of a basic way of talking about energy, other dimensions. I think that it's it's like what you see in the in the magical world where there's not planets and things like that, but there's just dimensions and spheres of reality, not necessarily round, but just represented by spheres. There's spheres of reality, and there's there's a range. There's positive ones, and then there's negative ones. And sometimes things come through from the positive realms, and sometimes these monstrous things come through from that from those negative sort of hellish places. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure those monstrous things are able to come through and do. But um, picture your average six billion people and all their lives. They'll uh, most of them will die without ever having a religious experience, and um, and then the few that you know do have it, that the, the number that do that they don't have them their whole life unless there's some kind of Maharishi yogi. But a lot of people have you know, weird experiences over the course of their life, that doesn't prove whatever experience they had is what the reality is. It just means that on occasion, people have very strange experiences. Um, as far as demons go, I mean, it's a program. It's been bred into us from the earliest days, thousands of years. Are they real? For sure. But they're not just a, a physical a, a demon that's stomping around and stealing people's souls. They're they're part of our our psycho psychological aspect of of ourselves that each person has to deal with to a certain degree. 
in their own cultural context, wherever they live in whatever period of time. And, and, and Daniel, I told you a long time ago, we're all blades of grass. We're all blades of grass. Six billion people, they come and they go. Seven now. Um, lots of experiences. As, as we fall, Daniel, guess who comes up behind us? Those in our genetic line. Yeah, very true. The old make way for so, the young. So I do believe that we're carrying the genetic race experience. We're all in, involved in, in this world where we're experiencing what's going on at the world at any given time, but we all fall. They they haven't announced uh, that we can live forever yet, but I do think that's coming. Yeah, well, the reason they want to do that is because these sort of demonic, sort of archonic beings and and their their lord, their king, Lucifer, well, Lucifer wants to... He wants to do all the same things that the true creator did, which is offer people immortality and everlasting life, but he's doing it his own way. Instead of doing it the natural way, which is becoming one with all, he's doing it the unnatural way and extending the human lifespan with technology. Then you can't you call him like the, the morning star or something like that. Do you have to call him Lucifer? What's wrong with Lucifer? I don't know. That's not a bad name, but the Morning Star, Lucifer. Has so many star. names. You have to use that one. Yeah, Satan. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Never Rolling Stones did that album. Her, Her Majesty's in His Majesty's. Well, all these things. <laughs> all of these things. They are seen through cultural goggles and. Uh, the thing is, though, that the Lucifer archetype, if you want to call it that, I personally believe he's a real entity, but you, you see it mirrored like the uh, somebody like Loki. Well, he's this great liar and deceiver and a trickster. Trickster. Yeah, and you see characters like that in, in all sorts of... Every yeah. mythology. Exactly. You have you go kind of bad guy. <clears throat> But go to each culture as they develop their mythologies and try to see why they thought that way. And and let me tell you what probably every culture on earth, including our own, was doing and they knew. Their governments knew how to control their populations' minds and they knew how to use archetypes and a number of other tricks to get people to think a certain way. Yeah, definitely. Mind control is a big part of it. I mean, mind control is everywhere, and the uh, elite nowadays, they even borrow that stuff from the past civilizations, like from Egypt, so that they could uh, use the same technologies to control our minds today. Everything these guys do, their whole background's draped when they go to their meetings and all this old symbology. Most of the members don't even know how it works, but they all sit there in it. And they're bathed in it, and then it, the, the signal just continues to go out. And it makes you, makes you wonder if our entire reality is mind control, and we're just seeing the things around us because we believe that we're supposed to. It's so mind control, we're riding a mind control edge that you can't even believe what, you know, what's going on. I can't even believe what's going on. Just, just from my life experience, what's, what's going down. Um, 
Well, yeah. hey, Todd, we're, uh, go. we're going a little long, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to let you go, but I have to get to the mind-blowing moment of the day and all that. But I thank you for your call totally. tonight, and I will talk to you again, my friend. Sounds good, Daniel. Great show, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Good night. Peace, my brother. Hello. Greetings, Daniel. Oh, hey there, Al. How you doing? Doing good. Hey, did you see that wolf moon the other night? Yeah, pretty creepy stuff. I was I was a little bit creeped out, also a little bit excited and in awe. It was very magical. Yeah, that's not the first one I've seen. It's nothing special. Yeah. I've seen like a dozen of them. The the eclipse part kind of just rose in front of the moon, and then it's like all this red stuff just came from sideways and just kind of covered the whole moon. You want to know what causes that? I have no idea. It's all the dust and pollution in the atmosphere with the sun shining through it. But that's it? It's just pollution? That's just the sun going through the pollution on the edge of the earth. The sun's going past the edge of the earth at an angle. That's just all the pollution that the causing that color. That's all it is. All the pollution in the atmosphere and all the dust that's up there. Well, it's, that's what causes that. It's got to be because right. in the... In if, the you, if, you live, if you live in the plains, you know how the orange is moon, or the moon is orange sometimes when it's full and comes up? Yeah. If you live on the plains, it comes up like that every night. Yeah, it's very It's all the dust and pollution in the atmosphere at the angle that it's at, and it's making make it all orange like that. It makes you wonder, though, because they put in the scriptures that there's supposed to be a blood moon during the end of days. Maybe maybe they knew that there was going to be a lot of pollution. Maybe they knew that we would cause the end of days by our own hand, by polluting this earth and, and toxifying our environment. It's not going to be at our hand. There's, going to, there's a pole shift coming. A pole shift? Holy shit. Yeah, I was watching a video last night, and apparently the equator used to go through uh, the middle of South America instead of up there through Brazil and Argentina, where it is now. And the Nazca lines lined up perfect. If you do a, if you do a, if you took all the Nazca lines and made like the lines on the globe, you know, like the latitude latitude lines, or actually the longitude lines, mm-hmm. they make a perfect they make a perfect longitude all the way around the Earth. And if you, the south, or no, the north, see what, let me no, it's the south end of the middle pyramid there in Giza, the equator used to line up perfectly with that. Oh, yeah, I and think I have it. heard that one. We went, we went, we went through a 30 degree tilt. That's from when those were built. Yeah. But anyways, the reason I'm calling, well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't take it that you're a, a flat Earth believer. Hey, if, if, if the Earth was flat, then there'd be a line going through the middle of the eclipse, wouldn't it? Um, maybe. Have you ever seen those memes that flat Earth eclipse and it shows just a line going through the middle of the moon? <laughs> you're you're a pretty firm believer in the globe. Oh hell yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm a firm believer in the Matrix. How's that? Uh, that I can vibe with a little bit more. How about we're just all in a hollow dick like on Star Trek? Yeah, I'd say that's basically it. 
Well, I got some news. I got a terrific message yesterday on my Facebook messenger from a, I can't remember the first name, but the last name was Rockefeller. Welcoming, welcoming me into the Illuminati. Informing whoa, me that they're going to do everything they can to help me succeed in life. Stop the clock. Are you saying you got a message from the Illuminati? I got a message from a person by the last name of Rockefeller. Basically, yeah. He was a conduit or a vessel by which they informed me. They told me that they're going to go out and they're going to go out of their way to help me succeed in life. They're going to help official. you? That's what the message said. Can they help me too? Uh, Probably not. Uh, well, they should help everybody. Uh, no, you have to be, you have to be on board with their agenda. I used to want to help humanity and shit like that, free them, free humanity from them, but as I'm getting older and realizing certain things, I'm, I've switched sides. Oh, Al, you don't want to do that. You don't want to turn to the dark side. I didn't say it to the dark side. It's just all these humans piss me off now, and I'm not willing to go out of my way to help them anymore. But that's how they get you. They they do uh, the moral relativism. No, well, it's just their morals are corrupt. The human race's morals are corrupt and gone out, getting out of hand. So I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to help them no more. I tried to free them from gasoline and electric grid system and all that other crap, and they weren't interested. They were happy being slaves to all that shit. So fuck them. So you had some sort of free energy plan. Yeah, there's all kind. There's all kind that remember that uh, cold fusion back in the nineties. I think so. Yeah, might be a little before your time. Yeah, it sure works. I was gonna give that to the world, but the world didn't want it. They're happy being slaves to their energy needs, so fuck them. Yeah, that's. Happy I wanted to ask to... you. Go, oh, go I want to ask you what do you what do you do for a job? Oh, what What's do I do? Job? Oh, I'm a, uh, I am a professional butt prober. Butt prober. I'm just joking. We all know that's You're what, great, that's, <laughs> we all know what, that's what gray aliens are. But I suppose oh. I'd, I'd tell you that, uh, offline, Al. I wouldn't want to talk about anything so personal, not with, uh, your friends, the Illuminati after me. Right, well, last year I was a new car relocation engineer. Not? And now current, I just moved new cars around. Jumping a new car, move it over to this place. Jumping another new car, take that to another place. Jumping another new car, take it to another place. Well, that sounds like a pretty good gig. Yeah, it was, but I found a better paying one now. I'm a freight relocation uh, redistribution technician. <clears throat> Hey, whatever pays good is what I say. Exactly. It's all about those Benjamins. Pretty much, or those uh, Jeffersons. Those Satan beast dollars. Isn't Benjamin on the 20? Uh, I wouldn't know. All I see is devil faces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I don't suppose... I'm in the middle of Mojave right now. What are you doing? 
looking at the moon and the stars, told him a flight transfer relocation redistribution technician. Are you going to use the stars? Means I, drive an eight, means I drive an 18-wheeler. Well, that must be nice. You get a lot of alone time. Yeah, it takes me two and a half days to run to LA and back to Salt Lake. That's a pretty good run. I'm sure you see a lot of nice scenery. Uh, I've seen the whole country. It's pretty boring after the first two thousand or after the first ten thousand miles. I probably got close to three or four million miles under my belt. So, what do you do when you're driving? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts? No, I can't listen to the. That, that, I can't download any apps on my phone. I got Facebook, YouTube, and a job stack app I had from working at People Ready. And anytime I try to download an app onto my phone, it says there's no room for it. Oh, that's too bad. So, what do you just listen to some tunes? Yeah, I got an MP3 player. I listen to old 70s and 80s heavy metal and rock and roll. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably a, a nice way to uh, keep you happy. You get a drive around and have some time to yourself and listen to some tunes? Yeah, well, I got a partner I'm riding around with right now. But as soon as I can get my truck insured, then I'll be out here by myself. Nice. Are you going to sleep in the truck? Yeah, I just try to sleep. When you go to those truck stops, are there any hookers there? I don't know. I just go in there and get fuel and leave. You never get accosted by prostitutes? I used to, but they don't bother me. I don't go to those truck stops anymore. Have you ever visited a prostitute? Uh, yeah. Dr. I got a nice little story about one. Oh, let's hear it. Fucking, well, she got in my truck, and fucking she had some crack, and fucking did a big old line of meth, and then fucking she started going at it, and I took a hit off a crack pipe, and she fucking bailed on me because my dick went down because of the crack. And she bailed on me, so the other fucking uh, people that she was associated with there beat the crap out of her for it. Oh, damn. And, but she told the cops I put a hit on her. For two weeks, I had a warrant out for my arrest for attempted murder. Why did she do that? Because she told the cops that I beat her up when because she didn't want to knock on her friend. Oh, beat her up for me instead. shit. Damn. But... But an Air Force liaison went to the cops and told them what really happened, and certainly they dropped it all. Oh, nice. Jeez, yeah, it's uh, funny. Uh, a woman that lies to the police can really cause a lot of trouble. Yeah, well, I had a girl in Nebraska threatening to come up to me and said, suck your dick for a couple bucks. I was like, well, you don't have much self-esteem for yourself. So I just gave her a couple bucks. I said, yeah, I don't need your blowjob. <laughs> was she ugly? No, not really. Just fucking, she looked a little hammered. Damn, maybe she just wanted to do it. I mean, a couple bucks ain't much. No, she just needed a couple bucks to get something to eat. Or she figures, so, so hey, I, felt, I could, so I, just felt, uh, I just felt sorry for her, so I just gave her a couple bucks so here get something to eat. Oh, man, you should have taken it. You should have just given her a couple bucks and got something in return. No, there's all kinds of shit you can catch from that. No, thanks. Uh, you got a point on that one. Never know what bugs they're carrying on them. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Even that bitch in L.A. that fucking knocked me off for the cops. Fucking never should have even done that because she was fucking butt ugly. Oh, my God. 
Have, have you uh, have you changed your ways? Would you uh, uh, visit one of these ladies again? Nope. I haven't had sex in 14 years. That's how much I care about it. Is that like a spiritual thing? No, I'm just talking. My last girlfriend was a local Rosicrucian high priestess, and one before her was a Wicked Witch of the West, and I just don't want to take no chances of getting hooked up. Plus, they're all fucking... I can't tell you exactly why, but... It's just say there's certain types of people in this world that I don't care to associate with or know. Wish they'd just get kicked out of this fucking country completely and they're all fucking in love with them. Well, you're attracting women that are into the same stuff. Like, you you know, you talk about all this Illuminati stuff. Next thing you know, your girlfriend's a Rosicrucian high priest. Well, let me just put it this way. Women listen to the wrong music. I like death metal, speed metal, and thrash metal exclusively. They all want to listen to that fucking... Pardon my expression, that fucking nigger music. Rap is crap and fucking hip-hop. Racism alert. <laughs> All right, racist. I don't hate black people. I just hate everybody involved in rap and hip-hop. No, it's it's okay. This show is completely uncensored, Al, so feel free to say whatever fact, you would like. I, I don't hate Mexicans. I hate the fact that they refuse to speak American English when in public and they fucking... Got to bring your goddamn bullshit culture up with them across the border, too. They can't fucking check that at the border and leave it down there in Mexico. 